Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons, for more podcasts, to submit any questions or comments you have, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Clone, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Dave McMurray, teaching pastor here. Chris isn't with us today. He's out and about um, doing family things, I guess. Um, but with us today in the studio again for the second time oh, on the wow. podcast mm. is Elliot Crawford. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're glad to have you with us this week. And this time it's not just as a contributor, but as our, uh, well, I guess our sole contributor. <laughs> mm. uh, you're the, the sermon provider, the preacher this week. We we're mm. glad to have you uh, with us. We're kind of... I guess in the middle of two series, but just for this week, mm. right? So, yep, yep. So we finished Joseph, we finished our Advent series, Christmas is behind us now, mm-hmm. so happy Christmas to everyone, we're moving on to bigger, not bigger, not better, <laughs> just different things, mm. we're moving on, uh, we'll be in Titus next week, our first week of Titus, yeah? Yep, All right. starting the next week. Wow, nice. But, in but six days. In the interlude was our, um, I don't know, I can't count it as a New Year's sermon. I guess it's a New Year's sermon. New Year's-ish. Yeah, yeah, we usually of. try to either do a looking back or a looking forward standalone yeah. sermon. It's more looking year. forward to yeah. Yeah. what we could do in 2020. Mm-hmm. So looking at 2020 with the light of a passion for the lost. Yes. So that was your, your overarching theme, your big big idea was a passion for the loss and i guess yeah. we can say in 2020 but really it's applicable always it's always yeah. uh and you looked at three different texts this week you looked at jonah chapter four uh this is off the top of my head mark, mark chapter mark. one mm-hmm. and luke chapter 15 yeah, yeah so jonah chapter four you talked about having compassion for the lost yeah being uh, concerned yeah having compassion concern yeah. uh which one was it concern concern for, concern, concern oh, for the loss my bad concern for the loss and mm-hmm. then in mark chapter one you talked about caring for the loss yes and then from luke chapter 15 you talked about celebrating yeah. uh, over the loss being saved so usually we'll go point by point and go through everything, but I felt like you did you did a pretty good job of explaining all your points and you had some application, but I was thinking maybe today mm. we could just focus more on application, um, mm. on what does this look like um, for the Christ follower, what does it look like for the person who attends our church, what does this look like for, for Colleen, Texas. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we can do that in order, but I feel like they all kind of... I mean, rightfully, they all go with your main theme of of uh, a passion for the lost and caring for the lost. And, you know, each one of those you were saying was describing a way that that passion is demonstrated, right? right. So, I mean, we can go kind of in order. We can say concern for the lost first. How does that apply? Care for the lost. How does that apply? Um, and celebration for the lost. How does that apply? But I don't know. I was thinking maybe today we could focus more on application if that I don't know if that makes sense for other people or if you had mm-hmm. specific points that you wanted to move in towards uh, during the podcast, but that was kind of my thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We think. Sounds, sounds good. good. That sounds good. Let's All do right. it. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody ahead of time, so <laughs> a little curveball, but <laughs> right. I guess maybe first you can tell us a little bit about uh, why you chose Compassion for the Lost right. uh, as your idea. I mean, I'm assuming Dave came to you and said preach a sermon and maybe <laughs> gave some ideas i don't really know what yeah. did that look like mm-hmm. so 
it was interesting. I had um, preached this uh, message before at Southern Hills Baptist Church. Um, and so I was, obviously Dave is my mentor. So I gave it to him. I gave him all my sermons like, hey, check it out. Check this out. And so when he talked about uh, preaching this time, we looked at it as a, as a way that we could communicate what we could do for 2020. Like uh, in 2020, obviously evangelism is our main uh, mission. So it would be a great segue into the new year. So we say, hey, we can use we could use that sermon, refine it a little bit, and um, and present it again. So that was the the main the main reason of using it. Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was appropriate. Um, and I thought it was real real appropriate for the season. And when I for the passion part, it was one of those things as Christians I know that we already understand. Like that's our main mission, right? Mm-hmm. We 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 want to evangelize. But I, I really felt like in my heart um, when I see okay, why did God send Jesus and all those questions. So I to figure out, trying to figure out God's heart for the lost and then try to compare ours to it. Because um, sometimes, yeah, we know to evangelize, but I want to just go a little bit deeper into into our heart. Mm-hmm. So I want to make it more effective than like cognitive. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we need to really look at our heart and see, are we, do we have blinders on? Are there only certain people that we think we should witness to or um, and things like that? And just kind of look at some scriptures from an overall picture of God's heart, you see, he's, yeah, he he goes after everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the main thrust of mm-hmm. kind of like my mind behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like you said, it it's in our head a lot, but we don't actually act it out or live it out a lot. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. use some statistics to to represent that and to to make that case. Um, I think some of your statistics statistics said that. Even Christians, some Christians uh, would say that we shouldn't even evangelize. Yeah. Where, where were those stats from? <laughs> it was from Barner Research, which is uh, a popular research uh, website. They do a lot of different things for um, Christian statistics. So this was one that they published about evangelism earlier in 2019. And so it was kind of shocking. Um, they actually have a whole book about um, evangelism, and it, it, I pulled it from there. But it was kind of unexpected. I didn't think that, like over like half of millennial Christians think that it's wrong to evangelize. Mm-hmm. But I think it comes, um, maybe it comes across as like trying to force your belief. Or we live in a living society now that, you know, people don't really know what to think of Christians. So sometimes people can be ashamed of sharing their faith. Um, but it still was kind of shocking. I didn't expect the number to be so high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like kind of behind what you're saying is an idea that it's unkind almost to right. to share Christianity, and that mm. right. that kind of blows my mind. I always wonder what Christians are you polling to get these answers <laughs> right. uh, when I see those polls. But yeah, uh, all that to say, I guess it, it really is important, and it is a, a timely and good reminder that that is something we need to be doing. But I think you're right that we hardly ever look at at everything behind it and say, okay, so what does evangelism really look like? What does, I guess, real and good evangelism look like? I thought it was great that you started off by using Jonah because I don't think we really, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't (laughs) think Christendom really looks at Jonah as a story of evangelism. Right. And maybe I'm wrong and missing that, but every time I've heard a sermon on evangelism or, or read an article, I don't think anybody... Or very often, anyone goes to Jonah. Right. I thought, man, what a what a good reminder of like what not to do. And I've had Veggie Tales stuck in my head, you know, like <laughs> Jonah was a prophet, ooh, right. ooh, but right. he really never got it. Sad but true. Um, but it, it, it's true, right? He's a yeah. prophet that that didn't really get it. And so, it. so we read chapter four, right? Which is, I, I guess, 
God's conversation with Jonah is what mm. we might call that chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Jonah just being a, a little punk, I guess. <laughs> but he wants to kill. He wants to be dead. Like who? Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty t- dramatic. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I I saw that. I knew that you would save them. <laughs> And instead of saving them, I'd rather be dead. But I went, I went anyway. And now that you have mm. saved them, let me just die. Like right. I'm gonna sit here and watch what happens. And so the tantrum he throws, right? Well, yeah. And then, uh, and then just I guess slowly looking at the end of the chapter, where God's right. like, "You have concern over this plant, this plant? that <laughs> you didn't plant, you didn't grow, you, you didn't just- water." And you care more about it than all these people. These right. some um, hundred twenty thousand people. Hundred twenty thousand and animals and cattle and cattle. <laughs> I think right. it's such a strange, strange, strange little ending, right? And thing animals. Oh, and don't forget about all the cattle. Right. But um, yeah, I just thought it was good to be like, look at this dude. Like he was one of God's prophets, and right. he he still messed up, and he didn't get it. So mm. it was easy to look at that at somebody sitting in the pews and mm. say. Okay, cool. I'm I'm not as messed up as it's Jonah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then mm-hmm. uh, related is is Compton led music this week, and he sang that song "Bigger Than I Thought." Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, oh, it's so true. Like this ties in really well with the sermon of like, I don't know. I don't know exactly how it tied together in my head, but mm-hmm. like God's God's bigger than I thought He was, even in my mm-hmm. mistakes and my messing up. Like He's still. Yeah. Yeah. Still bigger than I thought, but and, and I think with Jonah, I think what really got me was sometimes as believers, I think sometimes we can feel like, oh, I was a good person, and so I, I got, I was saved. Mm, but yeah. this other person, man, they, they're really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, can God, God really save them? It's almost like we have this pre-Christianity before Christianity, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so now we're good. But then we look really down on someone who's concre- has um, done some really heinous sins mm-hmm. in our mind, and it's like, man, can God really? You want you? He can be saved. So now we're on like an even playing field. Mm-hmm. So that can be really interesting. So that's why when you look at Jonah as a prophet. I can only imagine what's going on in his mind, knowing just mm-hmm. the brutality that these people have <laughs> that they have done. Well, it's fascinating too <laughs> that Jesus calls our attention to Jonah right, and the sign, and the three yeah. days and the depths right. as a sign of his three days in the grave because yeah. Jonah is basically an anti-Jesus, right? right, right so you right, talked right. about the heart of God. So God's having this conversation with Jonah and Jonah has the opposite heart oh, Jesus, as yeah. God and yeah. as Jesus. And even Moses and Paul kind of exhibit this like, I want to die for my people, you know, this right. desire to sacrifice themselves. And so yeah, it's, it's a crazy, yeah, Jonah's this great anti Anti-type, I guess, yeah, or anti- what do you call yeah, that? Anti-hero. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a, that helped set the stage. I think, like Joey was saying, for us in the pew to realize, oh, okay, like I'm, I'm sometimes I'm wrong, and there are prophets and characters in the Bible that are wrong sometimes. <laughs> right, so it's right. kind of, I think it, it helped you to start off on a kind of sympathetic footing of we're not all yeah. perfect. It wasn't you yeah. up there going, I'm perfect. Everybody else is perfect, and you in the pew, you're messed up. But we're like, <laughs> right, yeah. man, we're all kind of messed up, and we need Absolutely. to learn in this area. So, yeah. And what what was it that <clears throat> Terrence said something last week <clears throat> that was like, when I look back at at my sins and who I was before Christ, <clears throat> it's a lot easier to look at other people and who they are before Christ. Do you <clears throat> remember exactly yeah. what that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. I just, I just thought it tied in very <clears throat> well with with his uh, peace sermon last week. Yeah, yeah. this this Absolutely. idea it, sure. it flowed pretty well. Um, <clears throat> Anyways, um, 
maybe we could talk about the three points. So we talked about the first one a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the next two, and then let's talk about application. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so your your next point was from Mark chapter Mark one, one. Right. Uh, and it was demonstrating care for the lost. You want to talk a little bit about? Yeah, that, that was idea? Uh, so originally I had used um, Luke eleven mm-hmm. about the um, when Jesus healed. Well, he brought, he resurrected the widow's son. Mm. I chose to use the leper in this place because um, I felt it was just a little bit more dramatic, just a mm. little bit more shocking that he would heal mm-hmm. this leper. Um, so I just wanted to show like uh, caring for the loss in a, in a sense that you can pro- you can provide things like you can really show like your care and concern for them in a physical way, mm-hmm. and not just in a um, like oh I send money here I do this, but you can actually care for people. Um, and not necessarily be your evangelism can come out of your physical care for them. And that's why I use the illustration about, um, the bubonic plague in in Rome, Mm -hmm. because I just thought that was so profound, but you see Jesus caring for this man with a, um, caring for this leper that no one would have cared for. I mean, no one would Mm -hmm. (laughs) would have cared for this guy. I mean, so completely ostracized and Jesus touches him and just that, that small gesture, obviously he heals him, but the gesture of touching a leper is just, I mean, it's mind blowing. Uh, definitely in their culture, in their day and time, even now, I would say, I mean, who would want to touch a leper? So I just wanted to show just the, just that extreme nature of Christ and how we can come and we can do the same thing. We can care for people, even though there may be people we not we don't even think about caring for. Um, that's kind of what I really want us to kind of do is kind of think about people that we maybe don't think about on, on a routine basis and see how can we care for them. I mean, can we go to prisons? Can we go to nursing homes? Can we do things for people um, just to show our concern for them? Um, I talked about the homeless earlier. Hmm. Just just simple care, and then that alone um, shows people Christ. Um, Just Mm -hmm. one real quick story. We were in Louisiana. We were helping the homeless for Christmas, and one guy, um, I had a conversation with him, Mm -hmm. and at the end, he said, he said, I've been here. We've been here for a few months, and you're the first person who has just had a conversation with us. Oh, wow. That was it. Yeah. You know, I asked, I asked could I pray for him at first? Mm-hmm. And he was kind of, kind of like, uh, kind of a little reluctant. And so I just had a conversation with him. And I just thought that was so, you mm-hmm. just so good that mm-hmm. in his mind, just a simple conversation was an act of you just caring about me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that I'm, I, I, I would um, assume like, Hey, yeah, I, I see his, his faith is authentic. Mm-hmm just from a simple conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's the concept. I mean, just, just caring for people, just showing them, you know, um, your love through action. Yeah. And, yeah. and doesn't even necessarily have to be preaching. Like you said, you were caring for him for a long time before you even said, let me pray for you. Or right, let me. Right, right. Yeah. I, Terrence again, talked about that a little bit last week too. Right. Especially even in the podcast, we were talking about mm. different things that are working well in Memphis mm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's good to remember that it's a care for, for people and yes, our goal is is to evangelize and share the gospel with them, but it also starts with just caring, right? Just caring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of people like it sounds like this guy would would say no one no one else has shown me that dignity, right? Um, and yeah, I think that's a great tie-in with the leper that Jesus saw dignity in people. Mm-hmm. There was a documentary on Mister Rogers, and uh-huh. like there's a big deal that came up a few times that he saw children as human you know or mm. as persons that right that, you know deserved dignity is made in the image of god and that that was unusual 
Um, yeah, and yeah, I think there's probably for all of us, there are categories of person that we don't see as fully right dignified or made in the image of God. And that was, and that was really the main point, what you just said mm-hmm. is that, um, sometimes we may not admit to it, mm-hmm. but there can be certain, um, classes of people or different things that we think mm-hmm. in our mind that they may not have the same dignity in our, in, in our, in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a heart check just to, for us to kind of examine our life and say, man, are there lepers, quote unquote, hmm. um, in, my, in my own mind that I really mm-hmm. need to kind of check? Hmm. Um, so that's a hard thing to do, but mm-hmm. I think yeah, it was something. People that I think aren't worth my time, right? When you right. say lepers, they're not hmm. good enough for me to share my time or effort. Yeah, or the, the metaphorical leper. Yeah. yeah, the metaphorical leper. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> And then your third point was about celebration, and mm, yes, you did so. all of Luke chapter fifteen, which are <laughs> very quickly, <laughs> which are three parables that right. tell the same tell the story, same basically. Story. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the stories that God cares for people, right? As much as people care for creatures, or people care for things, yeah. uh, or people care for, I guess, power, maybe would be another way to say that. Mm-hmm. As much as, as we care for those things, God cares for people right. and celebrates over people. Um, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that before we move to application? Yeah, I think it was kind of the same same theme of uh, God caring for people, but we can be we can be really, really resistant <laughs> to care about other things. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I thought it was a beautiful contrast to see the Pharisees and the scribes who just truly care about things and are upset about Jesus caring for people who they deem are just not worthy of um, to be cared for because um, they don't keep the law. They're not righteous. Mm. And so I think I thought it was a beautiful contrast in how Jesus sets kind of tells these stories to them of like your heart is in the wrong place. Mm. Um, and but then also to, to know that what's going on in heaven. I mean, that's that's humbling. Mm. That's so humbling to know that that, that God is literally celebrating over uh, people mm-hmm. and then over like over my life mm-hmm. when you think about all the you know when i think about, about my life pre-christ and to know that man god is celebrating over my soul and that was that really hit me mm-hmm. um and i think the beginning the first couple of verses i think I, I talked about it as an aside but because uh, i couldn't really i guess flush it out but i really loved how the sinners and the tax collectors were drawn to jesus <laughs> Hmm. that was a very mm-hmm. cool thing um and that hit me studying for it like man do are people drawn to me hmm. like um do, um do my love and just who i am as a, as a christian are people just drawn to that or do they see me as this you know holier than thou judgmental guy and just walk hmm. around um and so I, I just continue to examine my heart and my life to see and I want to I want to be like Jesus in that regard. That it's not about compromising, but it is about just being loving and caring and and open um, to people, no matter who they are. And so I like that aspect of Luke 15. Um, and then the last part of Luke 15 with the brothers, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory when you see mm-hmm. the, the brothers just not wanting to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's. I think a lot of times with people we focus on the bro- on the brother that's um, the prodigal son, mm-hmm. and but we kind of like miss this brother in the field. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not he doesn't want to celebrate. He doesn't mm-hmm. he calls out his brother's visible sins and he he won't even call him a, a brother. Mm-hmm. It's so Says sad. Your son, <laughs> yeah, your son, your son. I really liked your differentiation between visible and invisible sins. I yeah. thought it was helpful conceptually just to see. 
didn't call out his invisible sins of pride. And, yeah. Um, can't remember what else she said. Selfishness. Pride, selfishness. Ego, everything. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But he said he, he's been with these prostitutes. And, and I just felt like sometimes we can um, we can may have a habit of that in, in Christian culture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where, you know, if something is visible, like, oh, you know, she's shacking up or mm-hmm. she's doing that, but the guy who may have lustful thoughts and struggling with pornography secretly, eh, you know, I understand, brother. Mm. So sometimes we can kind of get in that in that mindset. And so it's good to just see that contrast so we so we can check ourselves and be like hey you know we need to check all sin you know mm-hmm. within ourselves and help our brothers and sisters no matter um, who they are so mm-hmm. thought that was something good to to call out because it happens i mean just seeing the brother it was just like you can just imagine him talking to his father mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> so i guess my big question for this week is how does this apply so right. how do we grow our concern for the lost how do we work on caring for the lost, and and how do we have that, um, I guess that anticipation of celebration, right? Yeah. And yeah. then the celebration with with the lost who saved. But so how does that work for us? How do we work that out? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe just start with concern for the lost. How do we mm-hmm. grow our concern for the lost? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start. And, you mm-hmm. know, um, I think the illustration that I, that I used with uh, Amber Geiger was a was a good one, um, primarily because it it forced them to kind of move past their emotion, mm. and I think um, that could be something a good applicational point is that uh, think people who we deem are okay. Yeah, I talk to them, um, but what about the people that you really don't feel like? <laughs> you want to talk to sure mm-hmm. so like moving past your emotions and your biases your prejudices and all mm-hmm. those different things and just seeing people for people and their soul is their soul mm-hmm. and i just want to have concern for their salvation mm-hmm. no matter who they are mm-hmm. so i think um so i use that illustration because it, it was um shocking mm-hmm. um it was for shock value uh, purposely to see like um just what's going on in our country and to see someone literally remove their emotions and have concern for this person who has violated them um, and just have concern for their soul. And it's such an extreme uh, illustration, but I think just moving towards that, you know, we can do that. So, so for me personally, I think of, you know, people, people that I'm like, man, man, would this be, who, who in my life would it be hard to have concern for, Mm. you know? Mm. So I would think, for me personally, it would be like prisons, like uh, mm. people who may have committed crimes that, um, that I would consider grotesque. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that would be hard for me to even understand how you could do something like mm-hmm. that. So that would be my uh, my personal thing is like, man, I, I want to have concern for those who have committed crimes that I deem um, in my own head is so heinous. But um, I know God still has concern for them. So I want to have concern for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my personal. So you're saying like scope out in your own heart what would be a person that would be hard to have concern for, right. and then take a step. Take a like step towards saying, them. Yeah. Like you want to go to prison. Or yeah, definitely. Try to get involved in the prison ministry. Or yeah. Like how do I communicate? Like some guy has raped a serial rapist or something like that. It's hard to have concern, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But God still has concern mm-hmm. uh, for that person. And so I would, I too has to have to have that. So that that's that's the thing I was thinking about mostly, like um, in my own heart, mm-hmm. who would be hard to have concern for. I know 
sometimes in the recovery process, I don't know if this comes up in Celebrate Recovery, but in other books I've read, and just praying for those people that have hurt you, you know, so sometimes yeah, when it's pers- specific people that have hurt you. Right. Yeah. Praying for them, adding them to your prayer list, yeah. praying for opportunities to speak the gospel to them. Yeah. Because um, there's not, you're not, there's not always an actual connection with those people, but that could mm-hmm. be a next step is actually praying for them or, it's good that you brought that up because that's kind of where that came from okay is our moral inventory in cr okay. where we actually kind of you have to go through and kind of list people that's hard for you mm-hmm. to <laughs> um, for you to make amends or they mm-hmm. hurt you or mm-hmm. um, things like that so um a little bit of that came from the cr mm-hmm. process of um seeing like certain people is very hard right. to have that level of concern yeah, I mean, you can't identify who, well, I mean, if you don't identify, then you mm. don't know you don't know who right. you'll have trouble yeah. with concern. Right. Yeah, I, I think, in my mind, at least, there's a couple ways that we grow our concern for the lost. One is loving God more, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You love God more, you'll love people more. It's kind of a, mm-hmm. I guess, a paraphrase on, on the greatest commandments mm-hmm. section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, strong paraphrase, but it's, it's a good idea. <laughs> it works. And it then, yeah, uh, it works. Love God, love people. And then I think related to what you said was was just trying it, right? So mm-hmm. if we want to grow our concern, if we want to grow our ability in anything, we mm-hmm. practice it, right? Yeah, we, definitely. We do it. So it's starting to do it. Is Those are yeah. the two ways that I was thinking. Yeah. Do you have ideas other than those, Dave? Or Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I've, I've tried to share the gospel with people in circumstances that in the back of my head is not as efficient too. So I think mm-hmm. here we're talking about people you don't, think deserve it or may not respond to it right, sometimes right, it's like another right. similar it's another category yeah, sure. it's another category and yeah then definitely i i would add the third category of circumstances in which people might not respond so mm. so like i've done some door-to-door evangelism knowing kind of in our culture that doesn't really work yeah it doesn't work well you know right, but right. still just doing it you know i mean so sometimes it's good to again just try it try it try connecting with people that you're kind of scared to connect with yeah or people you don't think would be open to the gospel or circumstances when you don't think you know try that crazy circumstance and yeah um it can kind of shake us loose of our preconceived notions i think yeah definitely because you see jonah he he doesn't think it's fair that these mm-hmm. that these ninevites can receive yeah. Yeah. god's grace sure. you know so yeah that's that's what i was thinking uh, exactly what you were saying like mm-hmm. who who in our mind or in our hearts be like, oh, I don't think they deserve it. Yeah. Well, and who are we to, to be that judge, right? You exactly. said You said something like, uh, we always say we want fairness or we always say we want yeah, justice, yeah. but if we really got that, we'd all just deserve death, we'll right? We'll deserve mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. What we really want is mercy. <laughs> and I don't, think, I don't think Jonah fully got that, right. you know, specifically. Like, he kind of thought he was deserving and good and exactly. everybody else was not. So. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and that can be like I said sometimes in our culture um, especially like cultural Christianity we grew up in a church and mm-hmm. stuff like that so we can kind of think we we deserve our salvation like oh yeah mm-hmm. I'm good I've been mm-hmm. I haven't been too bad mm-hmm. but the guy or gal who has, has you know have lived a life that we deem like oh, I don't know um, and, and sometimes we may think in our head do they really oh, they deserve it mm-hmm. I don't know like yeah I think Jack Miller talked a lot about that he was a professor at Westminster years ago that had a big influence on on Tim Keller but I think Jack Miller was the guy that made the whole like you're uh, cheer up you're worse off than you think but you're more loved than you right dared to imagine or, or yeah. thought and he he talked about how when the gospel renews your heart it can't help but like 
make you want to share it with people. Because yeah, yeah. if you're not sharing it, chances are you're a Jonah that, that thinks you deserve what you have. <laughs> yes, yes. So you're, you're not really even understanding the gospel. But the more right. you understand the gospel, the more you, you want to share it. Like, hey, mm. this is this cool thing. I don't, I don't deserve grace, but I've been given grace. Mm. Um, I think that's a good application point to your point, mm-hmm. is that the more you share the gospel, mm-hmm. the more you learn of people. You know, the more you learn their life and their Mm -hmm. circumstances. Mm -hmm. So the variety of circumstances that you see, you're like, wow, God is really powerful. He's really Mm -hmm. good because you Mm -hmm. see so many different circumstances. That's one of the things I love about CR. We -hmm. we see so many um, and to know that God is moving in in people's lives. It's powerful Mm -hmm. to see the variety of circumstances that um, we come out of. Mm -hmm. But God still you know, he saves us mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. once we receive him. So mm-hmm. I, I like that. Just mm-hmm. the more you share, the more mm-hmm. you learn. Mm-hmm. Bigger than I thought. Bigger than bigger I thought. Than I God, thought. you're bigger than I thought. I <laughs> love that song. Thanks, Compy Comp. Um, so second point, application, um, care. care. Yeah, caring. Care. Caring oh, yeah. for the lost. Um, Action. And mm-hmm. I, I think we talked about that some. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it could be working with homeless people or it mm-hmm. could be, um, I don't know. Is it is it too related to have a different application point about concern for the lost and care for the lost? Mm. What do you guys think? I think, in my mind, care was, uh, was, more, was definitely more about action. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, just simple actions of just providing and caring for people. Mm-hmm. Not outside of the gospel, but just... Your evangelism is more through your action than it is your words. Mm-hmm. So um, whether it be, you know, making meals for someone or like, like mm-hmm. I said, helping the homeless or just volunteering at the prison, helping people like they they just see your action and you're caring for them and their need. You know, you're you're, you're meeting a need mm-hmm. um, and that care is, is can speak volumes. Mm-hmm. So when we see uh, people in that regard, I remember uh, mentoring to the boys in middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't really share the gospel in, in the public school, but just meeting their emotional needs um, allowed them to see our faith, mm-hmm. and that drew them to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, so that's that was a really cool and neat thing uh, that we couldn't just go in there and just <laughs> preach a sermon, but mm-hmm. we could listen to their heart, hear what they're going through, and meet an mm-hmm. emotional need for them. Because um, a lot of them didn't, didn't have fathers and mm-hmm. those type of things, so just meeting a, a simple need for them of um, of having conversation here in their heart um, that definitely drew them, and a few of them actually started going to church and mm-hmm. um, and wanted to know more about Jesus because they knew that that was our faith, mm-hmm. but we just couldn't vocalize it as much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think uh, one of my favorite quotes is: "People don't care how much you know until they know, know how, how much, much you care." care. Yeah, and that. Yeah, you kind of earn the right. The, the, the young life, I think, used both of these phrases. You earn mm. the right to be heard. So then mm. you've laid mm. a foundation of, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to care for you no matter what. And, right. Uh, it gives you credibility to speak the truth of the gospel then. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think in there's this, I'm trying to think of the parallel because we don't have the same untouchable thing in our culture that right. we had with the leper, but there's a general. You know, like things that would be gross or people we don't want to take time with mm-hmm. or care for in uh, practical ways right? can open the door for us to to share more of God's heart for them. 
and then it goes back to I guess another call that we have as Christians for just simple hospitality, like mm-hmm. um, yeah. like uh, open up our homes to people, mm-hmm. um, not just family members, but just mm-hmm. just people, mm-hmm. uh, is is a really unique thing, and it really helps. It really shows your heart, and mm-hmm. you know, then someone else in your space and around mm-hmm. your family, um, caring for for a need. That's something that definitely could be a practical yeah. thing to do. Heard, I had a, another pastor friend said giving people the gift of unhurried time is, is a form of hospitality, you yes, know, just like listening yes. or yes. sitting with someone or, you know, Absolutely. paying attention even in our scattered world, just being willing to pay attention. To mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder <clears throat> if in Colleen, homelessness isn't becoming our untouchable. Like, mm. yeah. we're seeing a lot more homelessness, mm. and I feel like I see a lot less interaction yeah. with the homeless, mm. if that Like we're sense. getting more numb to it, maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's accurate or not, but maybe I think that's it's the call. Is, is there somebody in our church who says, man, I want to take up the mantle of homeless ministry here yeah. and clean, mm-hmm. and let's get behind it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes in those situations... Uh, we'll, we'll definitely pour money, um, like, hey, I donate money and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But actually, physically, you know, spending time with the homeless, learning mm-hmm. about their life, mm-hmm. you know, just talking to them. And it's not a lot, a lot of times, that's not what we would probably do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that would be a form of care yeah. of just, um, like you said, just listening to someone. It's one thing just to hand money out of your window, but just actually just learning someone's life and mm-hmm. how did they even get here? But you're not even judging them about this. You're just yeah. listening to their heart yeah. and then meeting a need further than maybe a meal. Like mm-hmm. um, you know, if you have if you have the resources. But so I think just caring for people in that way will mm-hmm. see like it will shine light on Christ. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it might be too soon to do this, but. It it reminds me of your opening and closing illustration, right? Right. Uh, I think a lot of times people like homeless people, we would say, oh, well, it's not really safe right, mm. to go and spend time with them. Or mm-hmm. I think that's probably the biggest concern for most people regarding homeless people is safety. Safety. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but... Um, that's a good and, point. And that goes back to your opening illustration of... The church was telling um, <laughs> Mary, Mary, Mary yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's not safe to go to Africa. Yeah. Don't don't go They're there. Don't do not that. To go, like, please. Um, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe. Right. Right. Mm. And she, I think you ended with her response to them um, mm. partway through her mission, maybe, yeah. where she says she calls the church and says, you know, you have. Tons of people. Tons can't you people. can't you spare some? Or just mm. what, what just was spare it? a few. You don't have mm-hmm. a monopoly over people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, right. oh man, uh, have we been sparing a few? We mm-hmm. we we've spared a few, I guess. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but you listener, are you one that needs to be spared? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I guess it feels to me. I'm having this continual feeling of it's mm-hmm. easy to say these things on a Sunday. It's easy to say these things in a church. Right. Mm-hmm. How know, do you do in it? Texas, in Texas, yeah. In the United States, fill in the blank wherever you are. But mm. yeah, how are we doing it? Does it right. have to be overseas? Do we have to go to Africa? Mm. Um, can we do it here? I don't. I don't know. One of the ministries that I love, I, I, when I think of care, is um, Hope Pregnancy, mm. Um, mm. because they just just care for the for the lady um, mm. who's going through this um, this this thought process or anything like that, and no judgment. It's just caring for them. Mm-hmm. Um, to all, obviously, giving them alternatives, but the level of concern that they have and, mm-hmm. and care. 
So I think sometimes in Christian circles, it can be a lot of rhetoric about mm -hmm. our positions on things, mm -hmm. but not like this. I just, I just care about you. I just care about your life. You know, yeah. I just want to help you. Um, no matter if you come to my position or not, mm -hmm. I just want to help you because, you know, you're in this situation. I want to meet a need. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I, I just think we see Jesus do that kind of over and over. And I think that compels people to, to know him and like, mm -hmm. wow, man, that's love, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I, somebody said, too, even we just have a hard time even talking to people, right? Like, right. <laughs> with, without, if we don't mm -hmm. think we can change someone to believe, right. we, we just have a hard time even talking mm -hmm. to somebody. Yeah. And that doesn't even have to be with Christianity. That could be with mm. anything. Like, this is the best pan to use for this. And if you don't believe me, then, <laughs> you know, you're just dead wrong. Yeah. Like, don't we, eat meat. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> thing. <laughs> that's my hey, thing. Maybe in the pan we were cooking vegetarian chicken. Okay? <laughs> right. Right. Mm. Man, you hear the podcast last week? We talked about you and your barbecue chicken sliders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's all good. Got a shout out. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was him not saying, no, I didn't listen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, uh, Tish listens. I'm, um, she oh, mentioned nice. something. I'm just giving you her They were good. They did taste yeah. really good. And, and I'm assuming the application for celebration follows. <sighs> if we have concern we have care for the loss mm -hmm. then we will want to and will celebrate with them yeah um are there other ways we can grow our celebration hmm. for yeah. the for the loss being saved or hmm. i don't know i just feel like it flows naturally yeah. but yeah, if you have concern and care then right. you'll have the celebration yeah keep stretching our legs out and kicking <laughs> each other uh, I've heard this leadership or management framework, which is whatever you celebrate, you'll get more of. So mm. that, that's convicting to me as a pastor. Like, okay, mm. well, we got to celebrate. When people do meet Jesus, we need to celebrate it and talk right. about it and get excited. Well, about that's, it. that's something in general we've been mm -hmm. bad at at Grace mm -hmm. Bible Church as a, as a staff team is celebrating. And like, we've been kind of working. We'll mm -hmm. have like these spurts of like, we're going to work really hard on celebrating things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And right. then we kind of don't for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We all kind of look forward. What's the next broken thing? Instead right. of looking backward right. and saying, man, look at what God's done. I think baptisms are great celebrations. Mm -hmm. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. Great yeah. celebrations. their design, so what we, right? Mm -hmm. What we do here, you know, with the picnic and, mm -hmm. man, it's, it's so nice. Yeah. So I think that's a huge celebration mm -hmm. of um, of the loss. Um, I think how many times a year do we do it? Twice or three depends times? on the year and yeah, it's working the year. We we've generally done the out at the creek thing right. once a year, but we've also done them. We at, try and do it twice a year. Yeah, about parking lot parties. Parking lot, right. you know. So I know one thing, even like in celebrate recovery, we do like chip night where mm -hmm. we celebrate someone's victory over um, uh, whatever has been ailing them, whatever hurt, hang up a habit. Um, and that's our form of celebrating um, mm -hmm. uh, consistently. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know how you know that could that model uh, part of that model could be in a church setting. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess it's something to think about. But individually, mm -hmm. I think it comes with uh, discipleship, like you mm -hmm. walking with someone, celebrating with them, spending time with them, being excited about their mm -hmm. about their newfound faith, and um, helping them whenever in every way you can. And not just like leaving them alone, like like sharing the gospel with them. Mm -hmm. They re they you know receive it, and you like go on to the next person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you actually continue to share life with them and, and um, just be excited for them and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, get them some books and mm -hmm. maybe read with them. Just show your just show excitement. And I think mm -hmm. that can help people um, along in their mm -hmm. their initial faith. Yeah. We should throw more parties. More parties. Yeah, more, more parties. 
More rejoicing. Did you see the party in Luke 15, man? Mm. It was a big party. So loud he could hear the dancing. He could hear the dancing. <laughs> Let's get us that. Was, that was pretty. Yes. Big dinner. Yeah. Because <clears throat> we throw birthday parties, mm-hmm. graduation parties. Yeah. We don't throw salvation parties. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What if we threw a salvation party? Mm-hmm. My friend got saved. Let's throw a party. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. That'd be powerful. Well, and I was convicted too. You were talking about people being drawn to Jesus. I think that's that's a really good idea. Like, do I? Yeah, do I have legitimate friendships with people that are right. spiritually seeking or wondering or yeah. coming to faith or whatever? Yeah, that's what Barner was saying. That a lot of people they don't have non-Christian friends or anything mm-hmm. um and i've seen a lot of stats yeah. that it's like a natural progression and that's part of why church planting is a good right idea that like new churches and new organizations tend to reach new people better more efficiently just because of that natural life cycle of mm. um we tend to isolate over time yeah we'll be around our own mm-hmm. and so we don't uh, build new relationships or friendships mm-hmm. um because I think sometimes it could be this idea of this kind of leper thing of like, mm-hmm. if I hang with you or talk to you, unclean, unclean. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you, we just don't do it. I'm going to get that sin all over yeah, me. Yeah, that get sin infected. is going to be contagious. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that could be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's there's other reasons too besides mm-hmm. that though, especially, you know, looking at young people. A lot of it is fear of how people will perceive me, reasons we That's don't good. evangelize. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I mm-hmm. I feel like, I guess if we had a proper concern, a proper care for the lost, we would, those would override mm-hmm. any other excuse or any other reason, right? But, right. Mm-hmm. but I think sometimes there's there's other situations besides just what we've been talking about mm-hmm. for reasons mm-hmm. so i guess maybe for maybe for a final thing we can say how we can grow our evangelism because it's one thing to say how to grow our concern for the loss mm-hmm. how to grow our care. care for the loss how to grow our celebrating through that but i guess how practically does that evangelism work i don't know mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. next level up almost mm-hmm. right, if that makes right. sense yeah um I guess maybe if we could close on and some ideas, which we've said some, but mm-hmm. some ideas for like, okay, now just get up and do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I mean, next steps I've thought about for folks in the church, uh, one would be l- learning how to summarize the gospel, you know, memorizing mm-hmm. the Roman road or a getting the app that we've talked about before. With some of our folks, the Life the on Mission, Life on Mission, mm-hmm. and they have the three circles presentation of the gospel, um, the Roman road, or even just you know memorizing Romans three twenty three and six twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's helpful to actually have it in your pocket, so to speak. Like this yeah, is a summary yeah. of the gospel that I could communicate with someone, and then being able to talk about that. Um, I also think it's really helpful to to actually develop a place in your life, sometimes they talk about it as a third place, where you come in contact with non-church people. Right. Is definitely. there a place, whether it's a hobby or a gym, or maybe it's your work, and you don't need this other place besides work, uh, but maybe it's um, something you're into where you could rub shoulders with other people that are mm-hmm. into whatever that is. So if you're a rock climber, go rock climbing. Go rock climbing. And, and love on people. <laughs> yeah. And build friendships with the lost. Okay. and. 
Um, so all that kind of mixing it all together. So I think next steps often are just, I need to know some non-Christian yeah. people. I need to know how to communicate the gospel. Right. Um, and then the and then the just doing it part is, is easier. So. Yeah. Yeah, be inviting. Allow your life to be mm-hmm. inviting. Mm-hmm. Invite people in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you mentioned isolation. Like, don't isolate mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, in those environments of hobbies and everything, but just share your life and, and mm-hmm. be inviting. I think is really, is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that be inviting someone to your home, just building relationships with people, um, non-Christians, mm-hmm. I think can be a powerful, a powerful um, um, act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've also, I read a really interesting article that was about, I can't remember if he called it shy or introverted or whatever he termed, but people that are not as outgoing, like, connect yourself with an outgoing person you know yeah, yeah, yeah. we all know those outgoing people and like help them help them do their gift well right, you know right. and you can uh, do it as a team that's something that uh, we had a small group conference we went to in september and the guy talked about maybe once a month your small group just has a has a block party and invites everybody mm-hmm. on the block to your party and then you're as a group meeting Right. Other people that are not already a part of your church or your small group. Well, I think the, the other mm-hmm. way is true too, though. Mm-hmm. If you're a crazy outgoing person, mm-hmm. get with somebody who's not and mm-hmm. see how yeah. do I bring them <laughs> along. Do deeper conversations with yes. them. And mm-hmm. how do I, like, yeah. You know, because we mm-hmm. often say, like, oh, you outgoing people, go grab those not outgoing people. I think right. it, it's the other way too. Yeah, of, definitely. We need to learn from each other and how it best works to communicate to. Yeah. Yeah. To other people in general, too. Yeah, back to that unhurried time and actually listening and paying attention, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> Active listening. It, it go, yeah, grab an introvert that can teach you how to listen well yeah. and pay attention to people. Yeah. I think volunteerism and partnering with other mm-hmm. um, organizations, too, can be good or other ministries or mm-hmm. things that's going on in the community can be very helpful. It can definitely be a start, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like if you're thinking of things like, oh, you know, like I said, Hope Pregnancy do, does this. Can I volunteer there? Or um, can I volunteer at this shelter? Or whatever it may be um, uh, within the community or whatever. I mean, it's okay to work with non-Christian organizations? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. It's a thought, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, a good, it's a good thought. <laughs> hmm, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Other thoughts, ideas? Hmm. 2020 can be exciting. Actually write some goals. I mean, yeah. you know, New Year's resolutions. Absolutely. You just say, hey, here's some goals, some things I'm going to try. I think we call them Christ commitments. <laughs> Christ commitments. <laughs> Christ commitments, yeah. I think the stat is 89% of New Year's resolutions fail. Mm. That's completely made up, but it sounds right. I've heard that um, 93% of stats are made up. On the spot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I just mean, I guess I, I wanted to yeah. say that in order to get the idea across of like, it's not just a New Year's resolution to do this right. better. It's a I'm a Christian resolution, right? right. Like yeah. I'm a Christ Cri- follower, Cri- and this Christ is what Christ commitment. followers yeah. do. So, mm-hmm. so it's not just about oh, it's New Year, which it's a good time to remind us to to look right, at yeah. those things. But, but that's not what this is about. This isn't saying yeah. for 2020 I want to evangelize to <laughs> three people a month so that I'm statistically above the right. average that right. Elliot talked about. Like just one above Jonah. I just. Just, just one of them. But, but we're we're talking about what Christians do, right? right. What Christ yeah. followers yeah. do. Yeah. So, sure, it's a great time to start, but let's continue it. Let's that's do. A, that's a good point. Yeah, and I think I would say walking with Jesus for about thirty years now, you know, every 
I would say every year you should read your Bible, but usually in January, I set a new goal of how I'm going to read my Bible, you know, so I think that might be a helpful distinction as a goal can be. What's a practical way I'm going to try to do that this year? Maybe different than how I did it last year. Yeah, sure. Um, For me personally, I remember talking to you about mm -hmm. my goal. My goal is to go to the prison (laughs) Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's something I have to have concern for and I want Mm -hmm. to learn more about it and Mm -hmm. meet, you know, meet people who have... Mm -hmm. I struggle with certain things and hear their heart and stuff like that. So that's my big, that's one of my big goals for 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To get into a prison. Get into a prison. Somewhere, somehow. Somewhere. Well, somehow. there are some ways that you probably shouldn't use to get yeah. into a prison. <laughs> except, <laughs> except criminally. I won't do that. Good yeah. call. Yeah. Well, we, we got lots of them around us, so we can yeah. probably get you <laughs> yeah, connected exactly. with that. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we're done. It's yeah, different. It's good. different without Chris. I don't feel like know, we had some <laughs> some big beautiful moment to end oh, on. You know? I think we just had a beautiful conversation. Yes, it, it was beautiful. Thank you for sharing with us, Elliot. Yes, thank you. So thank beautiful. you for giving me the opportunity to, to preach. Yeah. Uh, that was we talked a little exciting. bit before we started recording about how when you preach often, right. people it takes a emotional and kind of physical. energy drain on <laughs> Even you. Even yeah. physical, yeah. Yeah, yes. it can be hard on you. So that is very appreciate true. that. Thanks for sacrificing for us. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so well, we'll let you we'll let you go, get some sleep maybe before CR tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, no CR tonight. This is the only day of the year we, won't, we will not have CR. Oh, wow. I thought no. you never didn't have CR. I thought you always had CR. Um, we so. won't have CR meeting tonight, but the Landers are throwing a big uh, New Year's Eve party for CR, so we'll be there tomorrow night. Okay. okay. And the CR kickoff is January 6th for New Christ Commitments. Sweet. <laughs> okay. Well, if you hear this podcast before tomorrow, which is the 31st, 31st. of December, yeah. uh, you can go to the CR party at whose house? Um, Gary and Wendy. They can email recovery at begrace.org for their address and more details great and if you nice. hear this today before the 30th don't come to CR tonight because they won't be here <laughs> won't be here the only time of the year the only time that's crazy you should yeah. get a lot of sleep tonight you should just go home and just sleep oh, man. <laughs> just hold your baby in the armchair and just fall I have asleep. a winter class so I have to read oh, no. <laughs> mm, I feel for you well thanks for tuning in you've been listening to Sunday Recap a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For sermon recordings, for more podcasts, to submit any questions or comments you have, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org.